Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey Jody, how you doing? Hello Paul, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um, Coming into, I guess, the fourth, fifth, sixth week, Jody. We're losing losing count, man. We're losing losing count. Every day is Saturday. Mm. <laughs> I wish that were the case. No, um, honestly, it. it's actually the opposite. I think every day feels like Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every day, I am I am super busy. Thankfully, gratefully, super busy. Lots to do. Work keeps me occupied all day, to the point where I asked my wife last week. I thought it was Wednesday. It was actually Thursday this past week. It was, it was a lot going on. So, you know, and we've been making it through. You know, um, kids are doing okay. Family's doing okay. How about yourself, Jody? Yeah, everybody's healthy. Everybody's good. Uh, just you know, dying to uh, to get out and see some people. You know, we're really we're really missing family. We're really missing friends. Um, that physical contact, that in the same room kind of connection. That's I think is the biggest takeaway here. Everything else, you know, you muddle through work and all that other obligation stuff. You know, it 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 all falls into place. Um, but I am starting to think about what the future is going to look like. And maybe we should talk about this a little bit, you know, in terms of, um, getting ready, you know, everybody wants to reopen everything and that's, you know, that's not the smartest thing I don't think right now, but we do need to make some, some steady progress toward that goal. Cause I think everybody wants to, wants to get there eventually, but I just wonder what that's going to look like, uh, once we do get there. And I think it's going to be a slow and steady progression towards that stuff. I'm starting to feel like, um, um, this summer might even be a bit of a wash, but you know, we'll, we'll cross our fingers and, uh, and see what, what comes out there. Yeah. It's going to be interesting the, the slow, the slow return. My daughter was looking to go to a show in May and I, I think I'm, I, I don't have the heart to tell her I've, I've been bracing her, but I said, listen, hon, I, I don't think we're going to go be able to see this show. And I, I had it all perfectly lined up. It was probably one of the the best daddy daughter days I had ever planned in my life. And, and it's going to not happen at this point. And, and, uh, so Jody, on another note, uh, some financial fun this past week with two companies, I'm going to make sure they remain nameless. Um, one, uh, delivers to me and missing components. And the other one tells me they delivered, but never did. And both charged me fully on my credit card. Um, <laughs> so I tried to reach out to both and after much work, and I'm going to call it work, um, making phone calls, emails, texting, whatever you got to do to get through, um, I was finally able to get responses out of both, and both were favorable. But it took some da- it took some time to get done. Um, and I thank uh, my lucky stars. I-, I actually used a credit card for the household, and I was able to remove the charges and dispute one of them. One of them fixed it right away. The other did not. And the one that did not, I just went logged into my credit card company's. Uh, site went there looked at the charge said dispute boom okay mr fagan we'll knock it off your bill and we'll we'll do the follow-up so i love the ability of the consumer protection that comes with credit cards right pulling that lever and now there's a lot of downsides to credit cards and if you don't know how to operate them well um I guess they're analogous to a gun, maybe. If you don't know how to operate it, you could hurt yourself. Same thing with a credit card. If you can't operate a credit card properly, you'll hurt yourself. But in these cases, if you know how to operate the credit card properly, you could protect yourself pretty well. So, Jody, I know that, um, you know, we're not, 
I know you're not big on putting everything on the credit card for everyday purposes, but in some cases, um, for me anyway, um, it's paid off for me over and over to do. And, and I know we talked about this pre-show, and I'll let you comment on that. Uh, another offer, uh, by the way, came in the mail for converting my term life insurance to whole life. So, and, and they didn't mention COVID on it, but I, I'm, I, I get the timing, right? And then um, I'm getting all these emails around stimulus. Um, uh, what to do with stimulus, when it's going to hit the bank, et cetera. So, oh, my God. And how to prepare, how to prepare for your giant stimulus check. Oh, <laughs> so, Jody, I'll, I'll hand it off to you. Uh, how is, uh, what, what's your feedback from the week and, and what's been going on? Yeah, I think we'll just jump into what you said about the credit card. You know, I don't, we don't use credit cards, but for maybe very large purchases, you know, and I'm talking like, you know, a TV or a couch or, a, you know, something big like that, that could mess with the cash flow budget. Um, but we always, 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 whenever we uh, put something on a credit card, we always have the money in the bank to pay it off immediately. So, you know, uh, for instance, is like you go out, you buy the TV, you put it on the credit card, you bring it home, you hang it on the wall, you make sure it works, you make sure that there aren't any problems with it, and then you log in and you pay your credit card bill. Um, it's, it's, it's more of an execution than it is, you know, leaving and carrying a balance. You never, ever, 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 ever carry a balance on a credit card. Um, you know, you pay that thing down that that's debt and you're going to, you know, get charged interest. And it's just, it's a bad way to live. I'm sorry to hear about your, your trials and tribulations with, uh, with, with getting those deliveries. And, uh, but it sounds like you sussed it out pretty well. And, and I've done that too. I've disputed charges on a credit card before too. And, um, the last time that I did it, I was amazed to your point, Paul, at how easy it was just to literally click, click, and it's gone. Uh, I frankly didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some banks make it real easy, and, and that's the silver lining, I think, in the credit card. Um, and I know there's a big credit card culture out there, um, and we've ranted about this before, uh, but that is one of the silver linings is that consumer protection. Uh, no matter what's going on, you can have <laughs> – this is going to sound really weird. The credit card companies have your back um, when it comes to <laughs> these types of things. Um, they may not be so – uh, loving if you lose your job and can't pay your bill. But if you need to dispute a charge, they're there to help you. So I got to say that was very helpful. Yeah. And speaking of having your back and uh, not being able to pay your bills, um, I very strangely woke up, you know, first day uh, that it was available to a, an automatic stimulus payment in my checking account, which I was, um, you know, I took, but I was kind of, you know, SMH, right, uh, in real life here, and, and sort of thought, great that I got it, thank you very much, uh, and then I see lots of people who didn't get it, um, and I start to read stories about lots of people who legitimately really need it for things like food and rent and all kinds of other things that aren't getting it, and I just wonder who this stimulus is really supposed to help. And then, of course, you, you, also, you get uh, you know, the blithering idiots in the, in the federal government who stand up on TV and say the $1,200 should take care of people for 10 weeks. And I'm like, you guys are just morons. <laughs> you have no, you're completely out of touch. You have no clue who we are. And, um, uh, and then you start to read stories about, you know, corporations that are going to get billions and billions of dollars, just like we said, billions of dollars out of this stimulus, uh, millionaires and billionaires and corporate welfare and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, again, I say it 
I said it once. I'll say it again. Sorry to do the I told you so, but it's a bank heist in broad daylight. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, our, and our awful elected leaders at the federal government uh, from Trump on down, they suck. They need to be out. They're terrible. They've screwed up. They've screwed up the response. They've screwed up the the Band-Aid. They're screwing up everything. And they're more interested in um, how this makes them look than actually fixing the problem. There are more people out there that are relying on this 1200 than we can think about. Right. Between family, spouses, you have your kids. I, I, I think that in the stories I've read, there is some genuine need for this for this, but the way everything is going, um, I'm not quite sure if it's as effective as as they're hoping. Like I've said before, it is what it is. We'll continue to kind of work through these things, and, and it's going to get, I think it's going to get worse politically. I think it's going to get worse uh, quarantine-wise, economy-wise. You can't tell by the stock market. The stock market is flying. Um, it, it's amazing how things are up with everything going on around it, but um, at the end of the day, um, we'll have to just wait and see and, and, and see how these things play out. So, um, yeah, I was thinking about that earlier this morning, Paul, too, you know, that, you know, we, we sit here and we talk about, you know, our financial experiences and the quote unquote challenges that we have with our budgets. Um, and let's just say this out loud for everybody. You and I are very well off. We're not rich. We're not rich by any, um, you know, any extent of the of the imagination, we still have to budget. We still have to work hard to make the money we make and to pay the bills that we pay. But we are extraordinarily well off compared to many people in this country. And um, and it's those people who I'd really like to see get helped. And I just feel like they're not getting helped. We're talking about people who have three jobs and two of those jobs have gone away. Maybe all three of them have gone away. And um they need help and they're not getting help. Um, and it's, it's, it, it, it makes me sad on some days and really angry on others. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to, you know, kind of elaborate on your, the, the lucky and the, and we're grateful, thankful, lucky on our finances. But I do have to say that it was strategically planned this way, right? Myself, yourself. And I ranted on this last week, so you could hear the whole rant last week. But this this wasn't an accident that we're sitting here in okay shape. It wasn't an accident. It was years of sacrifice and grooming and financial awareness and financial planning and not spending freely on things. And there was a lot that went into us sitting where we are. Now, that being said, I realize that you know the world is big, lots of different circumstances. And to your point, Jody, I think that it is troublesome because – how do you get the money to the people who really need it and can really use it and strike that balance across 350 million in this country alone right so that's the that's the that's the problem and i think we're we were never prepared for this um for this type of catastrophic event that's in place and regardless of we, and we could go all day on uh, the republican democrat all those things right but I don't care who was in office. We were never going to be this. We we're never going to be overly prepared for something like this, right? That's my opinion, right? And you, you could dispute it, and everyone can dispute it. But that's my feeling on it. it. It's overwhelming. It is a tsunami of an event that just washed over the country. And yes, there's a lot of stuff that was is being done wrong, was done wrong, and will continue to be done wrong. Um, and I go back to let's just try to keep 
you know, one day at a time. It is what it is. And for every individual family out there, please just keep fighting forward. If that stimulus check helps you, please make sure you embrace it. Use it well. Use it wisely. If you're in a position where you can work, please continue to work if you can. I hope your family stays you know, safe and, and sound. So, so the topic today is going to be the Reddit Personal Finance Random Topics. Uh, we've done this before. We had a lot of fun with it in the past. And we've taken a number of random topics from Reddit from the Personal Finance Channel. And we'll go back and forth and spar and, and agree and disagree or, or split the middle on some of these uh, different topics that we see. But first, we're going to go to uh, the news we saw this past week. The first news story is from USA Today, and it's the, top, the headline is, Here are three accounts you need to manage your money and give yourself financial security. So at the end of the day, they talk about you know, your basic savings account, emergency for your emergency fund. They talk about a basic checking account to make sure you get your bills paid and your retirement savings account. And I would say that in terms of a three-legged stool, those are probably the three accounts. I think they hit it directly on the, hit, on the head, I should say. There's a lot of different other accounts that you may have, investment accounts, rainy day fund accounts, which I guess would be your, your savings account for your emergency fund. But there, there might be different earmarked accounts that you may have out there. But I think these three resonated well with me. I think we've been talking about these in all our podcasts in the past in one way, shape, or another. Jody, what's your take when it comes to this story? Yeah, I agree with this. This is a good story, uh, and it runs down the three basic accounts. You know, everybody should have the checking account. That's basically the fund for paying the bills. You've got a savings account, uh, and we have multiple savings accounts for different purposes. Um, you know, there's a savings account for each of the kids. There's a there's an emergency account, which is a uh, emergency fund account, which is the cash account. Um, and I have a couple other savings accounts that I put money into and draw down on to pay certain bills throughout the billing cycle of every month. Um, then on top of that and separate from that, there are retirement savings accounts. And I like the way they differenti differentiate these savings accounts and retirement savings accounts. The retirement savings account is the lockbox. That's the thing that you put money into and don't take out of until you get to retirement. Um, and so, so really good article here. Yep, I thought so too. So I think with that, we'll move on to the second article this week. It's from CNBC. The number one personal finance lesson to take away from the coronavirus. It describes really in a nutshell, most, most uh, it talks about paycheck to paycheck living. It's easier to stay than to, to get out there and get out of the cycle. And I know that firsthand. I lived it. I lived paycheck to paycheck in my younger years. And we did a whole episode about this around pay yourself first. So look back at our podcast and you'll hear us talk about this for an entire 40 minutes. Uh, so I thank once again, Grandpa Vidi. He was the one who lectured me. I'm not going to say any more about that story. That story is in the podcast. So go hunt for it, and you'll find it. And it's a it's a great story. But at the Easter end of the egg, day, Easter egg. Yes, yes, absolutely. The story itself, when I talk about the paycheck to paycheck living, it also talks about financial literacy, right? And that ties to uh, the paycheck to paycheck living, right? So I think the paycheck to paycheck living is a symptom of a bigger problem of financial literacy. It's not taught well by any means to young Americans. There's a lot of people I know personally firsthand in their older years, much older than me, that are abysmal at handling money. Um, they stick their head in the sand like an ostrich and, and hope that for the best. And they don't take any control. And it's the blame game. And there's a lot to it. 
But at the end of the day, I think, you know, that is probably they pointed it out well that, you know, that financial literacy tied to the paycheck to paycheck is one of those things that in the U.S. we're getting a failing grade on. Well, the third story this week is from HotHardware.com, and it's broadband and Wi-Fi optimizations to boost work from home and network performance. But you might say, hey, Paul, how does that tie to financial? So I'll start with a little story. So I've been paying for broadband internet for many years now. Uh, I've been using a very old Wi-Fi router that I got free from a friend of mine many years ago. And now that we're in this crisis, I've been using that router and I've been having all kinds of issues with everyone being home and using the router. So my dear friend Marco, who who owns this website with his partner, hothardware.com, was helping me. We were on a call and he was helping me uh, diagnose why is my connection on on Zoom so bad, right? So long story short, um, I wound up getting a new router uh, and I was able to optimize that router based on what Marco provided to me and he talks about it in this article. And lo and behold, all this bandwidth I've been paying for that I thought I was getting benefit out of was all being handicapped by the fact that my router was so old it wasn't able to deliver to me the optimal web experience. <laughs> so, and I went from pre-new router, which was only, uh, you know, the, between that upgrade and, and making these adjustments that Marco talks about in his article. So please read this if you have any type of slowness in your network. Even if you don't, you may see a boost just by following these uh, steps in the article. So, but I could tell you that my online experience went from eh, it was okay to it was terrible because we're in this crisis and everyone's using the router uh, and the internet connection and now a week after I made all the changes it's like a whole new network so please if you read this article it's an interesting article on a lot of these things you could do without spending any money they're just little tips and tricks that if you just read the article and follow the instructions you may boost your experience by 10 20 i don't know how many percentage points but you'll you'll do well so jody what was your take on this article yeah i'm, I'm gonna try this out i'm granted i love my tech but i'm also a little bit of a dummy when it comes to tech i just i i don't have much patience patience for following instructions I'd, I'd rather just fumble through it on my own and with something like this you need instructions you need a roadmap uh so i'm definitely gonna check these out uh, i've always been a little bit ambivalent about my router speed other than you know when it's not working, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at these and and it is a completely appropriate uh, topic for what we're all going through right now because we're all home, the kids are home, everybody's banging on that router on that Wi-Fi router all day long with heavy heavy bandwidth uh, uh, tasks. So uh, this is this is an essential read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marco, uh, hands down. Uh, I, I have a few friends in this category. He's my he is a tech god, and he just knows what he's doing. So these things and these changes that I made, I'm telling you, I went from being the person on the video calls for work that had to keep jumping off, and you'd hear, "Oh, Fagan's bandwidth dropped again," or what <laughs> his connection dropped last week was not going to knock some wood here was bulletproof it really was i was like everything worked everything flowed so marco thank you uh for all your help on that and please read his article and and like his uh website and his facebook page hothardware.com so 
With that, we'll, we'll go on to our weekly topic that we talked about, Reddit Personal Finance Random Topics uh, that we're taking from the Personal Finance channel. And so the first topic um, is, is parents claiming me on taxes for years and not helping pay for anything. So it's a long kind of description, but at the end of the day, this, this person um, is trying to make his or her way through life, and the parents are claiming this person as a dependent, so this person is not able to get the full benefit of, of working outside the home. So it's, it's very interesting. And then there was some mention in the article that what the parents might be doing is actually illegal, and there's all these different things that are, that are going on within the, uh, the, the, the story here. And once again, with Reddit, we, we have to take at face value what we're reading, but this poor person is asking for suggestions and comments, and you know the, the commentary is all over the board. But Jody, what was your take on this story? Well, I'm going to, uh, let's see, we're responding to this post by Insect Whisperer. And uh, I'll blow past the whiny way this uh, whole thing is uh, presented because it sounds very whiny to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe grow up, maybe just file your taxes. And if your parents get caught, they get caught, Um, you know, if it truly is illegal. Um, I I don't I'm without reading any of the comments and getting any more details here. I'm unsure as to um, what she thinks they can take away from her in terms of filing taxes um, that she can't claim herself. Um, because I, when I come down to it, somebody should get the, be getting the deduction for something. And if she can't get it, they should get it. And if they, you know, if she's entitled to it, she should get it. Um, but at the end of the day, grow up, just go see your accountant, go fix it. Uh, I don't understand what the, why, why we're, why we're going to Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, I agree with you. I, that was the first thing that jumped out to I'm me. Confused. <laughs> yeah. It was, was go see an accountant, go get that trusted advisor to help you. They'll help you sort through this, um, the proper way. Um, the other thing that jumped out at me, and I've seen this many times with different families over different financial issues. Um, this is a sad situation since the dollars I'm, I'm going to assume that the dollars we're talking about are relatively small and the damage to the family relationships are going to be very big. Right. So this college graduate who had a decent job, just got laid off. I'm not going to speculate on how much this person was making, but the difference between the parents claiming him or her versus that person being on their own, it's going to be small money compared to the damage that's being done from a family perspective. So I'm a big believer in family first, finances second when it comes to these types of situations. And you kind of have to figure out not not to be a pushover, not to be a doormat, but to your point, calm down and go see an accountant and talk and say what you said on Reddit to the accountant. And the accountant, I'm sure, and I'm not an accountant, but logic dictates that the accountant's going to say, listen, I'm going to send your parents a letter saying that we're going to file a tax return, amended tax returns for the past three years for this. Just be prepared. This is happening. We're going to give you a heads up. And going forward, this person is going to, your child is going to claim themselves. And this is how it's going to be done. And if there's any issues, um, please contact me. But I would do something about it to fix it or, you know, forego what's happened in the past, let it go, and just move forward. And that letter might be, hey, going forward, this is the last time you're doing it. In the interest of family, we're going to assume that anything that happened in the past is the past. And going forward, this child is going to do his or her own tax return by me, claim himself or herself, and you're going to have to deal with the fallout. But you've been put on guard, you've been put on notice, and that's it. 
with my family situation and, and even with the dysfunctional family dynamics I had with my father, I could tell you this would never happen with me. <laughs> this would have been <laughs> this would have been a screaming match that you wouldn't believe uh, back and forth both sides. Uh, but that's um, I guess that's like the if everyone watches Everyone Loves Raymond, it's that Barone style where you just let everything out. Right. And you just let it go and, and then you worry about patching it up later. But I tend to think that that's healthier. <laughs> I tend to think that 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 whole screaming match thing, I mean, other than maybe the anger that gets released, but it's like you get it all out there and then it's done. Like, yes. Because because the, the opposite because the opposite is like keeping it inside and not talking about it. And to me, that's worse. <laughs> yeah. And years have gone by for that poor person. Years have gone by with that person losing out on. His or her basic right to a decent life to pay the right amount of taxes. This person is is, got, is forced to pay, to pay for for the parents, right? And that's not fair. But at the end of the day, um, you have to be responsible for your own finances. Finance is very personal. And to those, if, if that person's listening, go get help. Go see an accountant. And, and maybe uh, uh, you might want to talk to somebody else other than an accountant to kind of sort some of these things out. Because I'm I'm believing that the financials are. Finances are just a symptom of a bigger problem. So um, the second story we're going to jump into is uh, is help partner out with debt to increase mortgage offset. So I guess this is a person, uh, a couple that are together, and and there's a lot to it in the story. They've been together for a long time. Uh, They're going to be sharing a huge mortgage, but they're having some difficulties now with her being off page with him when it comes to savings and finances and such so jody what was your take on this story this story from bennett hb and uh disclaimer here uh when you go down in the thread it appears that they live in australia so these numbers might be seem a little foreign compared to what american numbers would be um nevertheless (laughs) you got a you got a guy and a girl who have uh dated for 11 years living together for 10 years up, up until now, they've kept their finances pretty separate. He makes about twice what she makes. She's got uh, what looks like uh, a medical bill that's got an outstanding balance of $40,000. Again, that's Australian. I don't know what the comparison is to American. And they're about to buy a house for $820,000. And my response was, WTF? <laughs> what the hell are you? First of all, who's loaning you that much money? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going and so, on here. I, there's a lot going on here. So who's loaning you that much money when you've got an outstanding $40,000 in debt plus whatever else you've got, you know, floating out there in terms of credit cards or cars or anything else? Um, they're claiming an interest rate here of 2.8%, which is an amazing rate. That's terrific. Um, and 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 they don't mention anything in here about you know operating the house that they're going to buy. And I, I've got to assume even if these numbers are different because you know, Australia, United States, I've I've got to believe that this is still a massive house. And I know what it takes, having done it myself, to heat and air condition and pay property taxes on a massive house. <laughs> right. This is nuts. This guy's crazy. And he's gone into great detail about how he's figured out all the math on this house. I have, I, I suspect that he thinks he's a genius and uh, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I think he's got to calm down. I think he's got to pay his debts first. Um, and it seems like they make good money. Um, it seems like they're doing well. 
pay the debt first. Just get rid of the debt first and then go buy your house. I mean, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I, absolutely. My note on here was they need to be on the same page and fast. This is a disaster waiting to happen. And, you know, I thought that was kind of what I called from it. We've talked about this topic a lot in previous podcasts. Listen to the Downsizing Podcast and Jody will tell you his story. And so that's another Easter egg here. Go back in time. Uh, it's very searchable. And look for the Downsizing episode. And, man, you'll see what can happen when, you know, um, you don't have things lined up. And, Jody, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus, but you talked freely on that Throw call. it. I, was, I belong there. I belonged <laughs> there. <laughs> I threw myself under the bus with that. It was so stupid. I remember the, the day that a banker told me that he would loan me a million dollars for the house for a house. I'm like, are you nuts? What a million dollars? Have you seen what I make? They don't take it. They don't take into account that you've got to heat it, air condition it, pay property taxes, pay all the other bills that go along with maintaining a house. They're just thinking about you've got X number of dollars to pay for the loan. That's it. They'll max you out. And and it's just, oh, my God, I belonged under the bus. You don't worry. About <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, the next story, next topic, right? The headline is, I have gone from 60 hours a week to 20. What should I do? So this is very timely. Six days ago, this is about employment, right? The whole furlough option, reduction in hours, reduction in pay. People that were used to working on overtime of past 40 hours a week are now getting, you know, uh, checks that are way less and, they, and they've lived their lifestyle on 60, 80, 100, 120 hours a week. And they're now forced to go down to either few hours or no hours, right? And and the person talks about, you know, relying on credit cards and all these different pieces. So when I read this story, um, I go back to what we've talked about in the last previous podcasts uh, around coronaviruses. Um, and as, we, as we've said, you know, take it day by day and remain calm. If, if credit cards wind up being the answer for you in the short term um, to medium term, I'm going to throw in medium term, then you have to do what you have to do, right? And we go back to, you know, f start with food, shelter and work your way up. Jody, what was your take on this story? Yeah, this one from Scuba T Scooby and let's give him the gold medal for the for the username there. That's yeah, an awesome it. user <laughs> awesome username. Uh, seems to be a, a, a thoughtful person just from what they've written here. They talk about how they started a new job. Uh, like you said, Paul, they went from 60 hour weeks down to 20 hour weeks. Um, can't sustain this long term. Um, and they're they're asking about um, sort of what do I do? Uh, let me just read some of this because it's easier than trying to explain it. They talk about how they mentioned to their boss of rolling layoffs, but the company said, no, we're not going to do that. Um, they've been promoted quickly. They feel that they're well liked. Uh, they have a pay increase that was delayed during coronavirus, understandably. They're working harder, making the company more money. Um, they think that when uh, when they return to work, that the, to return to business in full, that the pay will reflect um, that they were working for less. Um, but what should they do if this lasts for eight weeks? I'll be relying on credit cards to make it. And and my um, concern here for this person is that they're counting on the better angels of the people who are in charge of their company to reward them uh, when this is all over. And you know, this is going to sound cynical, but I'm going to say it. Don't bank on your company rewarding you for your own sacrifice that you take on that they didn't ask you to take on because they won't. Um, only you can support you. And if you can afford to stick with this job, that's what they're asking. Should they should they switch uh, employment? Um, 
if you can afford to stick with this job because you like the job and uh, you want to you want to stay at the job, then do it. If not, you've got to you've got to walk away. Uh, and they're asking about whether or not they should take unemployment. Um, if you if you like the job, stick with it and and fall back on a budget plan to make it work. If you don't like the job um, or if you only like the job because you think you will or should eventually be rewarded, set your you know don't set yourself up for disappointment. Do what's best for you. Yeah, and I, I, those are all great points, Jody. And and I think the walk away issue. You know, I, I I still believe if you walk away from the job, you might not be eligible for the unemployment. So there's a lot of things in play here, and that's why I kind of go back to remaining calm and take it day by day and and be smart about it. Um, I do see a lot of commentary in here that disagrees with me with using the credit cards. And, and I understand. I understand that they're a bottomless pit and you fall into more trouble. And so I'm talking about if things get to the point where you are out of money and you are trying to survive and you've done everything else to cut your budget, you've done everything you could to do, file the right paperwork to get whatever compensation or whatever that is, that the credit cards are the last resort. I, I, I hope I didn't sound like okay things are a little tough okay bang put it on the credit card that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is you have to go through this remain calm and walk through this journey methodically and go with the best option that's presented in front of you so if getting unemployment is better then investigate it you may find out that if you just walk away from this job the government might not give you unemployment right there's a lot of different things, like the person says, I know I can furlough myself. And yeah, I don't know what that means. Okay, that I mean? guess you could play that game, right? But be careful, right? This is very bureaucratic. It may take you three months to get the $900 a week starting that you would get. Like, that's well, it definitely why... takes 30 days. I mean, I've been there. It definitely takes 30 days. Right. Right? So right. you're not going to – it's not like you're going to furlough yourself and next week you're going to get an unemployment check. And I don't even know what furlough myself means. I don't know how you do that. Um, but yeah. You claim you had the so coronavirus. I think that's what the person's alluding is to. Is that what they're really? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, this God. is this is what you this is what your 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 stupid brother in law gives you that type of advice. Right? Oh, just exactly. just tell them you got corona and then they'll give you the money, right? Or, or <laughs> you know, so like this goes back to the first story about the financial literacy. This is you're getting advice from all over the place, and we've talked about this. Disclaimer, anything you see on Reddit, please do your own research. Google, ask questions, get trusted anything advisors. Anything you see anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> right, this is good. Reddit is good, right? But you have to make sure you're tempering the advice. That, that's what I'm going to say about it. So I think, Jody, we beat that story up, and I was getting whew, I was getting a little heated yes. on that one. But um, we'll, we'll go to the next one. So I, this is more of a, okay, this one I think is more definitive in, in terms of... Uh, the follow-up. So pay my, off my car or keep some cash. I currently have a luxury car. Uh, no, I've, luxury of maintaining full income of 50K. Um, I'm able to save $700 a month. I have a subprime loan with 16% APR. Um, uh, the car sells uh, for four to five on the private market, three to three. You know, should I, I have 6K in my bank account. Should I dump the whole thing into my car and get rid of that payment? and premium insurance required or you know so look at the end of the day um the key is if you have the money to pay this off and you could get out of this mess and it is a mess as soon as i read 16 percent apr you have a mess on your hands my friend i don't know what you did in your past life to deserve that type of 
uh, interest rate on a, on, a, on a subprime car loan. But man, you got to get out of that. So if you have an opportunity to get out, run. Jody, what's your take on that? Yeah, for some unicorns fly here on Reddit. Um, uh, you know, eliminating debt is always the best thing. So assuming that you would keep this car, and cars always depreciate, and they always break down, but assuming you would keep the car for five years or so, I would pay it off as well. I also, though, Paul, I, as I read this, I was uneasy about draining the emergency fund down to zero in this environment. And they say that they've got $700 that they can save every month. So my first thought was, rather than mm. drain that six grand out of the emergency fund in, in the environment that we're in, why not take that 700 a month and start dumping that on the car? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. That 16% APR. Woo! Yeah, and I have to say the comments reflect our split decision on this. Some people are saying that we really, you know, pay it off right away. Others are saying no, hold off. Um, the, the, the best comment I see here is by Blind Melon One, and it's uh, he just he or she writes food, electricity, water, sewer, garbage, house, car, right in that order, right? So like done. I, I guess that's the you know the effect, but. Um, once again, maybe this is something where you could split the middle, right? Maybe you could take, um, you know, pay off two, a third of it and use the rest with the $700 a month if that makes you more comfortable. Um, there's no right or wrong answer here. I think if you paid it all off, you'd be okay. I think if you paid it off with the $700 a month extra, you'd be okay and get it done in, you know, 10 or 11 months. I think there's there's a lot going on here. Um and maybe when they say $700 a month, I'm willing to bet they could squeeze more water out of that sponge. I bet you it's 1000 a month, right? If they say 700 I bet you it's higher, right? If you really want to kill that debt and get rid of it, um, you could do a lot of things to, to make your life a little tighter for a few months to get rid of it. So I'm willing to bet there's more money that can be had if they just looked at their budget. So you know, once again, we work with the facts we have and we try to interpret and read what we see in the story or in the question or in the... Uh, commentary, but at the end of the day, um, 16% APR, whew, that still jumps out at me, and that is a red light to say, please get rid of that as soon as possible. That's not a smart move, right? That's not a smart move. So um, I guess with that, we'll jump to the last story that we have, and it's should I completely pay off my school loan? Um, so this is um, very telling. This is very um, ties to the last story a little bit in terms of do as I say, not as I do. Uh, I waited too long to pay off my student student loan. So this kind of ties together with that. Jody, what was your take on this story? The, let, let's read it through. So they're 22 years old in Boston. They're, they say that they're frugal and they run down their budget. And these expenses seem pretty frugal to me. So good job there. Um, they got a new job. They're starting in June. They're going to make 75K. Uh, they also have a side hustle for another $1,000 a month. Applause, applause. Nice job. Very cool. um, and so they think that they're gonna, their budget, they're going to make 90000 a year starting in June. They've got, uh, they've got a, a paid-for car. Um, the insurance they, they list here. Um, they want to move to a new apartment, um, which would increase their rent. Okay, fine. Um, they've got 40000 in their checking account through some luck with early equity investment and Bitcoin. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> um, and a $14,000 student loan. Red light, red light, red light. Um, 
So they need advice. Would it be smart? To, here's the question. Would it be smart to pay off the student loans all at once now? Yes. Especially with this whole pandemic situation happening. Yes. Or uh, default to a standard monthly payment with accrued interest. We'd also like to hear some move, investment moves you would make. Investment move number one, pay off your debt. Um, <laughs> pay off the debt right away. Get rid of it. Um, and, and why? Because uh, my, my wife took out a student loan, um, which is our loan now, our debt. She took out a student loan 15 years ago. Hmm. We have paid half of it in that 15 years. Yeah. Literally. 15 years, we've paid half of it. We still owe half of that money because all that money goes into interest. It's ridiculous. Get rid of the student loan. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Now, an option it seems like there's a lot of things in motion here in terms of what things cost and how much you're going to make. You're talking about a new job. You're counting on this new salary. So I would perhaps just push pause on it, start paying the student loan on a monthly until you get into this new budget cycle with the new salary and the new this and the new expenses and the new place. And then once that stabilizes, pay off the loan. Um, you know, when you're making moves like that, whether you're, you know, you're, you're getting a new job, you're moving into a new house, you, you're, you, you, all your expenses are shifting under your feet. You don't want to drain out cash that you have on hand. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts. Um, my student loan, my wife's student loan, we did make some mistakes along the way where we did buy and we bought that condo. We, we, that was probably we bought the condo not married, and we also had student loans pending, right, and, and being paid. So um, going back to kind of recap this one, yes, I would pay this off. Jody, anything to add to that uh, last story? No, nope, pay it off. Just get it done. Very cool. Very cool. Well, once again, for the recap, a couple of disclaimers. We're just dads with our opinions, and they're worth as exactly as how much you're paying for this podcast. If you're looking to pay off your school loan, or you're looking to get rid of that 19% car loan, or you're looking to uh, whatever the situation is, do your research. Go to Google, talk to friends, talk to financial folks that you trust. Um, do everything you can to get all the facts lined up, get all the right information so you can make a decision that's best for you and, and go with it. And once you go with it, uh, realize that you made the decision with the best information you had at the time, and typically, no decision's a, a one, one-way door decision. It's a two-way door decision, meaning that if you made the decision after, after all that research and it turns out you weren't right or something went wrong, there's usually a way around it and usually a way to fix it. So, Jody, what was your take when it comes to uh, the summary recap today? Yeah, Paul, you said it right. You know, we're just dads. Um, we have the scars to prove it, but uh, don't ignore those scars, right? That's why we do this every week. We, we're not sitting here saying that we're experts, but we are experts in our own pain. So take our mistakes and learn from them. Um, my advice, don't do debt. Don't take on debt. Um, don't think you're smarter than a bank that gets up every day thinking about how to take more of your money. Um, control your spending. Learn how to say no. Live simply. It'll all be okay. It'll all work out. Very cool. And Jody, once again, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that you did the recap because I think yours it was a lot better than mine. So with that, um, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. 
If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you.